Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Wow, that's the first time I've ever heard our intro before we start. And now I just feel like we've been put down by that surly British announcer. Yeah. I had my, my self-esteem dropped like two notches. I don't know how many notches it has, but it's two less than it had before. That's okay, Mondo. We'll build ourselves back up as we answer some of Reddit's most important questions. <laughs> and then we're going to get into The Last of Us Episode 3, which yeah, it, was, it was a banger. It was a banger. It went deep. <laughs> um, ask Reddit. Innuendo abounds. Let's mm-hmm, go. Ask mm-hmm. Reddit. Ask Reddit question number one. If you could go back in time for a day to witness a historic event, which would you choose? I want to see the the day or night when Jesus was conceived. Dude, what? Okay. So I was thinking along the same lines. Like, I want to see the whole resurrection thing mm-hmm. and, 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 and like witness what was historically factually accurate versus what it turned into in the Bible. See, I don't feel like he ever was resurrected so they you might just you might just be staring like at yeah, an empty no, that's, field that's fine but he's supposed to have what resurrected in like three days or some nonsense and yeah well, so my initial thought was like oh i want to see the crucifixion because it, it sounds like that was historical but then uh-huh. i thought no man that's kind of bloody yeah yeah and like what do you really gain from that right like you're like oh yeah there's a guy hanging on a cross like this is fucked up yeah it's not cool I mean, we could have probably put together or put to rest this whole like white Jesus thing once mm-hmm. for all. It would be amazing though if he if he was you know, really dark skinned but just had flowing golden locks. It's like 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 a uh, Ric Flair. But by all accounts, he's supposed to be actually more olive skinned and dark skinned than than mm-hmm. you know what he's uh, represented in most of the uh, you know iconography where he's like crucified and he's all white with a fucking six pack and he's ripped and it's, he's probably like a darker dude. I mean, he would have to be from being from that part of the world. Although Korean Jesus, if you've ever seen Korean <laughs> Jesus, is pretty amazing. What movie is that from? Uh, God, uh, 21 Jump Street, the remake. Yeah. <laughs> They're praying to Korean Jesus. <laughs> but then I thought, I, as as great as that would be, you know, to see uh, potentially Korean Jesus up on the cross, let, let's answer a real question. Was it an immaculate conception? Like, you want to see if, like, the P and the VG went in there or if it was just, like, she got knocked up somehow. Because, yeah, I, this this feels to me like this was a story that Mary told Joseph where yeah. he's like, how did you get pregnant? She's like, oh, I, I don't know. It must have been God. He's like, oh, okay. How, how, uh, tracks. how crazy would it be if the actual truth was, like, she got knocked up by some fucking stranger, but she was married to Joseph and she's like, yeah, yeah, that's what that is 100% what happened. <laughs> but you don't think it was Joseph? no. You think Jesus is someone else's son? Or or <laughs> the only other option. <laughs> See, either she cheated on Joseph and said it was immaculate and he was like super religious and triply gullible. Uh-huh. Or Joseph's pullout game was super weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she, she's just like, Joseph, don't don't come inside me. Like, we can't afford a baby, you know, and not in this economy. Uh, I don't know what the economy was like that back back then, but I'm assuming it was not too good. No. Because uh, he was, wasn't he born like in a manger? Yeah, yeah. He was born in a shitty, like a shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, you know, they were trying to save up 
And she's like, yeah, don't come inside me. He's like, dude, dude, I won't. I don't have to wear a lambskin condom. I'll just pull out. A lambskin condom. <laughs> and you think they didn't have condoms back then? Back then, they just pulled out. Yeah, or... they had lambs. They had lambskin. I guess. Um, they use like intestines. Ugh. And, and Tie a knot at the end of it. He definitely. And then he comes inside her, and she's like, did you come inside? He's like, no, no, no. No, I just, I just didn't. I didn't need to. Yeah. Pulled out. I'm fine. And then he just gaslit her until she believed that it was an immaculate conception. Yeah. That is one of those two, but I could finally put to rest that age-old question and, you know, also maybe get a little bit of a show. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't say we can't bring, like, some sort of... Well, could we bring our phones, you know? Just just, just a little recording action. I mean, that would break Pornhub. Like 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 real G, like Jesus <laughs> or Mary and Joseph, like, banging? You're like, hey, you want to find out if Jesus was immaculately conceived or did she just get nutted in? I don't. I don't know if the internet is ready for that. I think that would truly, truly break the internet. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's probably best that this will not happen and is purely a hypothetical. Uh, some of the uh, redditors' question answers to that question. User Tom R eighty four writes Strasbourg fifteen eighteen to witness the event where the whole town succumbed to mass hysteria and danced themselves to death over two months. Huh. Interesting. You think that was just like mushrooms or some shit? Anyway. Yeah, it doesn't seem right. That one was, these are the ones they are the, dance themselves to death. I don't know. User uh, ancient. It's like the reverse footloose. <laughs> User ancient Sumerian god writes: Assuming I have a safe vantage point on some kind of spaceship, I choose a planetary impact that's believed to have given us the moon. Okay. Huh? Really? I don't know. If that was even a thing. I fucking suck at science. Uh, User Marchionis of Mayhem. What? Whatever. Uh, I'd like to see Tenochtitlan before the Spanish destroyed it, i.e., you know, mm. the temples. And yeah, that would be dope. That would be pretty cool. I've been to that site. It's pretty pretty sweet to be there even after. You'd see the pyramids, see if the aliens actually built it. Yeah. Uh, last one I'll read for that question. User Pumpkin Striker 23 writes, Di- Diogenes telling Alexander the Great to step out of his sunlight. I don't know what that is. I could. I don't know what that is. I do think it's funny that because you know at the time when they were building the pyramids, the, the Jews were slaves, uh-huh. and people find it so far fetched that the Jews could be that good at manual labor that they're like, nah, it has to be extraterrestrials from another planet. There's no way, <laughs> no way. <laughs> they, they would have just been complaining all all the time. You know, they're not very big. There is, it had to be aliens. Hey, what is this? You're paying me with beer? This is bullshit. Hey, hey. I don't know. <laughs> that was horrible. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. You know what? I mean, I think that's right in line with some of my better accents, which isn't yeah. really saying that much, yeah. but you know. Okay. All right. Thanks. Don't, don't appreciate- put yourself down. Yeah. Appreciate that. Just uh, commit. You just got to commit, Mondo. That was, I wish I actually knew more. I, I think when I was a kid, I used to be better at accents or trying, but I, or maybe that was in my mind. Anyway, that was it for Reddit question number one. Reddit question number two. Without saying what the category is, what are your top five? That's a that's a good question, but you know, you want to answer that one? You, you go first. God, we actually talked. Did did we talk about this in a podcast? Our top five zombie movies. We talked about our top five road trip movies last time. I could okay. Anyway, we, we might have talked about top five zombie movies. I, I don't know. I I couldn't tell you necessarily like the order. Well, no, we we talked about five, top five like zombie genre whatever, but we didn't talk about movies. But I'd have to say. Movies or entertainment otherwise, do you think The Last of Us has already broken? I think we did talk about that. I think The Last of Us, if you want to categorize it as a zombie-type 
might have snuck in so far in the top five, but other, other than that, um, Walking Dead, Shaun of the Dead, 28 Days Later. I kind of like World War Z because it was like the closest to real, like a realistic, I guess, except for the fact that the zombies ran a million miles per hour. But I guess those are my top five zombie-related entertainment thingies. That is a good list. I feel like you, you, you failed the assignment, though. Why? Read the question. Without saying the cat. Whoa. I wasn't supposed to say what the category is? Yeah. Whatever. Fuck it. You could have figured it out anyways. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that would be kind of obscure mm. and would had this very fine link between them. And you have to be like, oh, no, what's the category? Mm. And then I thought... That's way too hard. Yeah, yeah. I'm also just going to do movies, but it, it might not be as immediately obvious, but it, it's pretty obvious. Okay. Being John Malkovich. Okay. Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh-huh. Gross Point Blank. Uh-huh. Say Anything. High Fidelity. Uh, is John Malkovich in all those? He is not. He's in two of those, right? Uh, I think just being John Malkovich. What was the second one you said? Gross Point Blank. Oh no! I, I could have sworn there was another one you mentioned that had John Malkovich. It, it might, it might, but the only one that I know is being John Malkovich. So they're top five movies. They're no, they're not my top five movies of all time of all movies. That's a specific category of movies. Uh, yeah, I can't guess the category. Am I supposed to guess the category? Maybe. Or can you just tell me the category? I can just tell you. Okay. <laughs> or, no, we, can, we can just, the, the rest of the podcast is Mondo just being like, uh, is it movies with hot tubs? I'm like, well, no, that's just hot tub time machine. John, Cus- John Cusack is in two of those. Yes. You said Malkovich. I think you said Malkovich. Maybe you said Cusack and I heard Malkovich. No, no, I said Malkovich. Then it, but it's John Cusack. Okay. Is he in all those? He's in all those. Okay. So movies with John Cusack is the category. I got excited because for a second I was like, no, I swear you said Malkovich. No, I did. Uh, John Cusack plays Lloyd Dobler in Say Anything, who basically invents MMA, if you recall. I don't think I've seen Kickboxing, the sport of the future. I think I've seen that one. Oh, I love That's my favorite of all of all the John Hughes movies. That's my favorite, and of probably all the John Cusack movies. Huh. It's a lot of, a lot of sort of, there's like a John Bermuda Triangle of movies here. Mm. Um, but you know, you know, like the, the John Hughes, like... Um, Sixteen, 16 candles, candles, Breakfast Club. Exactly. Yeah, Say Anything is probably my favorite of all of those. I think it would also holds up really well. Uh, Gross Point Plank, he plays an assassin. It's like an assassin action comedy. I know I've seen it, but I can't remember much of that one. Being John Malkovich, you can't really forget if you've seen it. Um, I forgot he was in that. He's the puppet master. I forgot. <laughs> Hot Tub Time Machine. That's probably, I like that movie. That's That movie, John Cusack did not seem like he even wanted to be there. Yeah. He's just like, I'm in a fucking movie called Hot Tub Time Machine. What has my life come to? My favorite's Rob Corddry in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was the other the other uh, actors really carried it. But then High Fidelity, that's why I was like, I have to do it. Because if, if you recall, in High Fidelity, he plays the owner of a record store and he's constantly making Top five lists, like top five songs to cry to, top five songs to listen to after a breakup, top five songs to listen to while you're watching Joseph impregnate Mary with Jesus. <laughs> what, what song would you want to play in the background if you were to witness that? What song would be playing in the background? Hallelujah. Would it be? Hallelujah. And then we roll right into Ain't No Mountain High Enough. I would have thought like some Barry White shit, some... Some sexy time music. 
Maybe the theme track from The Lion King. <laughs> it would be a lot better if they could hear it. They're just like, what the fuck? What is happening? It's God. That's that's actually what happened. It was a time traveler. They were playing the theme song from The Lion King, and they thought it was, they were like, this is clearly a sign from God. It's an immaculate conception. We, we've sorted out this mystery, I think. So yeah, those, those were my, my top five John Cusack movies. Some of the Redditors' answers to that question, user Space G writes, At the moment, OP has earned 637,000 upvotes from comments on this post. Yeah, I'm unemployed and have all the time in the world to count comment upvotes from OP's profile. I don't know what that is. I I don't... What? User Cortex Cortexifan Subject 81 writes, Lavernica... Duquesne, Brutalitops, Mar, Bing Bong. I, what? Like, these are like, again, they didn't tell us the category, so you're looking at them and like, what the fuck? What are you, what are you referring to? Unless you actually know. Uh, user Pandu Bear writes, and he, the, so he lists five dates. The first one is February 28th, 1969. Another one is August 27th, 1972. Another one's November 27th, 1973. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I don't know what those... Uh... I actually do know what that one is, by the way. That's referencing a an episode of Community. Where, where Lavernica, it's du- Duquesne, Brutalitops, Bing Bong. That, oh. that, that was the D&D episode the of, of Community. And those... I don't know why, <laughs> why the fuck. They, that was their top five. But yeah, those were the names that Abed gave all the characters. So it was a strange reference to a very specific episode of a sitcom called Community. Thanks, thanks, uh, Cortexa fan subject eighty one, dumb shit. Um, last one I'll read. User user Luna owns writes chicken wings, mozzarella sticks, hamburgers, French fries, chicken tenders. Is it just like like shitty? Food shack food, dude. I think I think you're 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 bearing the lead on this. So the original poster replied to a lot of these comments. Uh huh. So like, and and he's assigning his own version of what the category is. Uh. So somebody wrote Kansas City, Denver, Chicago, Oklahoma City, Wichita, and the original poster wrote top five places that make you think. You know, maybe this meth stuff is worth trying. Uh. yeah, that Seth Cassius OP guy like responds to all of them. Or most of them, from what I'm looking at. Some yeah. Somebody else wrote blind, deaf, missing limbs, old, returned. Top five descriptors for residents of Florida. <laughs> Anyhow, that that was uh, that was it for Ask Reddit question number two, and that was it for Ask Reddit. We are now moving on to our final segment of Binge or Purge, where we give a we got about 45 minutes if we wanted to. Yeah. To talk about. Uh, the Last of Us episode yeah. three. Yeah, Aaron. let's 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 take our time. Let's yeah. just kind of slide our way in there. <laughs> you know, we don't we don't have to go go in quick and hard. We can, we can make it easy. So, do you want to just kind of go over the plot first before breaking down individual stuff, or how do you want to do this? This is what I don't want to do. Okay. I want to give a very very quick recap. Sure. And then I've got I've got some questions for you. Sure. So the quick recap, this is episode three. This is a little bit of what is called a bottleneck episode. Yeah. Right? Where the main plot doesn't move forward too much. You know, we get we get some very brief uh Joel and Ellie scenes. We see Ellie might be a psychopath. <laughs> uh and then it very quickly gets into 
extremely long. Like we basically what we get is Brokeback Zombie, the yeah. the love story between uh, two gaymen. Gaymen. Yeah, gaymen. <laughs> A couple of gaymen. Um, one gaymen played by Nick Offerman, and the other gaymen played by I forget the actor's name, but I think he was in the first season of White Lotus. I don't know that actor. I didn't recognize that actor at all. But, but but basically, it is a long sort of unfurling love story that takes place over years and years as these two grow old. I think if together. I remember, it was like eighteen years or fourteen years or something like that. It was it was over a decade for sure. Yeah, not exactly what I was expecting. No, not at all. I did remember that the character of Bill, who's played by Nick Offerman, was was gay, but it was very very subtly hinted at. It was just like one kind of throwaway. Not throwaway, but one moment in the game. Uh, obviously, a little bit more prominently on display here. Yeah, I didn't even catch that in the game, to be honest with you. So, in in, in the game, Bill, the, his entire character is basically just a device so they can get a car. Right. Right? So, like, they find him. He's, he's kind of old and crotchety. He's this survivalist kind of prepper guy. And they have to run through zombies, and then he gives them a truck. And there's there's one moment I don't know if you remember that of course getting a battery is, is always the big thing. There's all these cars, but you can't get car <laughs> batteries. And he he says his partner stole the battery. The you you find his his partner kind of on the outskirts of town who has been bitten by a zombie and then hung himself and had left because Bill couldn't. I I didn't make those connections in the game at all. Come to think of it, I actually had him confused with another character in the game. Yeah, it was very subtle. It was very subtle, easy to miss. A little, little bit more on the nose here. So this, okay, Mondo, this is my first question. Sure. Where If we were in an alternate universe, uh-huh. right, where instead of Nick Offerman, your life had taken a couple different twists and turns, and you played Ron Swanson on Parks and Rec. <laughs> what? It could happen. Okay. It's like it's like Mondo and Aubrey Plaza uh-huh. and Chris Pratt and you're so like that's like you're an actor. Okay. You're Mondo the actor. You've got that Parks and Rec money. Okay. First of all, would would you not this part specifically, but would you if you're trying to to spread your acting wings, yeah. would you take a part where you play gaming? Yes, I would do I would do Wow, you got really excited. No, I I mean, I think most actors um, get excited when they can play roles that are not that are otherwise like they're a lot of car- a lot of actors get typecast into something like this is this is all they can play they mm-hmm. can only do this they're only good at that and they kind of get stuck in doing similar roles over and over again. Yep. So for like a real actor, I think they want to show off their chops. They do something like unexpected. Do something kind of like wow! I didn't expect him to do that. I mean, we, we joke about Brokeback Mountain, but both Heath Ledger and uh, what's his fucking uh, name? I forget the other guy. Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. They're both renowned good actors, mm-hmm. and then they do this. And I, by the way, I haven't seen it because I I'm like eh, I know what it's about. I don't need to watch the movie. But like it, they went out of their element. And if I want to be taken seriously as an actor, then yeah, I would I would do roles that I would that would make me feel otherwise uncomfortable to play, but see how well I can put myself in those shoes and uh, see if I could pull it off. Well, yeah, and it's funny though. Like on the face of it, it, it didn't seem like that different of a role from what. No, Nick Offerman, because the the character in the video game is very, very similar to a Ron Swanson sort of character. And the the character in the show 
also has a lot of similarities, but you know, a couple major differences. Not not just the fact that he's gay. He's there's also this sort of uh, emotional tender side to him yeah. that I I didn't I didn't see coming. So did you did you watch Parks and Recreation at all? Not really. No. No. So I did. I watched all of it. Okay. It, the last season was dog shit. But aside from that, Nick Offerman plays a very almost monotone, otherwise droll, relatively emotionless, except for like there's very few things that get him excited. <laughs> One of which is like breakfast. He just loves breakfast. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he, otherwise he's just very you know simple. Comebacks are always like you know kind of kind of shitty. And, you know, and, he, and he's kind of like. O- almost uh, a caricature of a like a manly man. Yes, so he I- makes his own canoe out of a, a tree stump. Like he takes a like a tree, uh, whatever. Basically, carves I, I, a fucking. I whittled this of- canoe out of a a redwood tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's very again, like you said, like very manly man. So there's like there's that character, mm-hmm. and then you're watching this show, and it's like oh, it's like a copycat of that character he's doing the same he's doing the same ron swanson mm-hmm. thing <laughs> and then when they do the whole kind of twist that he's you know he's he's a gay guy it's like that unexpected unexpected for sure okay S- second question okay do you think when so when when he and frank meet when bill played by ron swanson and frank his, his soon-to-be lover meet uh, Frank falls into a trap that Bill has set, mm-hmm. and it's a hole. Do you think Frank filling, falling into Bill's hole was foreshadowing? No. <laughs> no. I No, no. Maybe, I don't think that they would do that, it, but like, yeah, as a plot device, but whatever. It, Mondo, it, it, it was an anal sex joke. Just, yeah, you don't no, have no, to overanalyze. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, se- se- okay, second question. We've, that's, we've, third. that's the third question. It'll be your third question. That, that last one doesn't really count. Okay. But but on, a, on a, a more serious note, if if so, Ma- Mondo, the actor uh, of Parks and Rec frame, is looking to branch out. We've established you would play a game, and would, would would this be a role you would take? The specific role is this the one to to really spread your acting wings? Um, if if I could pull off what Bill Bill or uh, Nick Offerman did, then, then yeah, because there, there was he he his character had ranges. It wasn't yeah. just. One like it wasn't just this guy. There was a lot of things about that character that were like, "Wow, that's a that's character's got depth." Like he's there's a lot of things going on with him that, uh, and we only scratch the surface in this episode. We only see what the show wants us to see, but mm-hmm. there's like more. You can tell there's a lot more to that character that didn't they didn't have time to uh, explain. But good shit. We, we can go sequentially if you want or sure. out of order. That's fine. But I mean, so what, what were the, th- the things that you thought made this episode really work? What was good about it? Uh, what was good about it was that he was already like this uh, doomsday prepper. Mm-hmm. For, for whatever reasons, he was already a doomsday prepper. So when, when the army started rounding people up, he was like, uh-uh, fuck this. He like, he knew like something clicked in his mind. Like did, now I'm, I'm prepared now. Like I'm prepared for what's about to happen. Um, that they pulled that off really well. Yeah. Well, and just so just to to be clear, if if you, I guess you, at, at this point, if you haven't seen the episode, you should probably stop listening. Yeah. But if you're not recalling, th- there is an early scene where they're showing the sort of evacuation of their town. You know, the, of Nick Offerman's uh, town that 
in in the show is supposed to be ten miles west of Boston. I'm like, there's not a town this small ten miles west of Boston. You're tripping, Last of Us, but that's okay. Um, but anyhow, they're evacuating the town, and what they're really doing is just taking all the people to be shot in mass graves, right? Because they don't have anywhere to take them, and they don't want them to get infected. And you know, the the sort of optimistic, I have faith in humanity person would be like, no, of course the army's not going to just mass execute the, us. The woman with the baby, that was kind of hard. That was kind of hard to, to see that part. But yeah, a, a conspiracy theory doomsday prepper is going to be like, oh no, yeah, I don't trust you motherfuckers. And he's just watching them through his security cameras that he's got all around his property. He's got a bunker built in, like like hidden underneath like a book sh- bookcase that moves or something like that. It's weird and... and but underneath, he's got like fucking multiple TV cameras, multiple angles. Would you say like a hundred guns? A hundred are like uh, he's got a lot of guns, pistols, rifles, fucking all kinds of shit. He he's got a like crazy uncle living in Montana level of guns. Yeah, like just just full on arsenal. Which I don't remember in the show if they go down there like because that's that is something that's kind of kind of funny. Like in the game, there's always this struggle to find ammo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can never have enough guns. You can never, it's, you're always short on resources, but I'm like, damn, if they get in Bill's bunker, they got everything. It's like Frank, Frank got in Bill's bunker. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go to the well on that as many times as I can. I'm sorry. Apologize in advance. But yeah, they would just have like infinite ammo for the rest of the show. So I don't, I don't really know how they're going to resolve that. This, this perhaps was not a high point of the episode, but I could have watched a montage of Nick Offerman like prepping his compound for the apocalypse just for two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, it's interesting. Well, you because you like to build and homes and he's going. He's going to like Home Depot and he's, yeah. he doesn't have a trailer. The weirdest he gets a part, boat. Yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's he's got a boat and he's loading up his boat like it's a trailer. But I I was just like thinking like oh my god if I could just raid Home Depot and Lowe's the shit I could build. Yeah, he's growing tomatoes. Um. Grows strawberries. That's a, that's another, it's another plot point later. That, that's that that moment is one of my favorite moment. Like Bill Offer, uh, Nick Offerman moments in the entire where like again he's very gruff, very you know expressionless, mm-hmm. and and then his his uh, partner Frank surprises Bill with, hey, I grew a little garden of strawberries. And when they first each take a strawberry and they first take a bite, and his little giggle, I was like, that shit is fucking awesome. Like his little like, <laughs> like almost like spontaneous, un- un- unlike his character, you didn't expect that little a little giggle coming out of him. Well, you know, and there's there's another moment that hits sort of similar to me where you you, you see him step out of his, I mean, and there's, there's, there's a couple things like where, where um, the, the Bill character is preparing dinner. Uh-huh. For his guest, who's who's recently gotten out of his hole and showered and cleaned up, but he's he's like plating it like yeah. it's a fancy restaurant. He and puts the plate down. And he even turns the plate a little bit because it's supposed to be facing a certain direction. Yeah, for the for the aesthetic, you know. Yeah, Manda, just because it's the apocalypse <laughs> doesn't mean you can can't he have an aesthetically eats, pleasing meal. He eats very very well, like fine, like fine, well, like shit that I couldn't put together. Shit. Oh, and he, he's he's pouring the wine sort of over his forearm like he's a sommelier. Yeah. Um. But but the the moment where. I thought it was really great acting by by both. Uh, I gotta look the other guy's name up, but by both Nick Offerman and uh, just the the other lead in this episode is the piano scene. 
right? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't really like that scene. I, I, I liked it because actor's name is Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett, sure. To me, that that was like a big moment of tension, right? Because Murray Bartlett is sort of he's kind of probing. He's trying to figure out what Bill's all about. He's mm-hmm. he's he's his his gaydar is already flashing a little bit at that point, and he's going through all the sheet music and trying to figure out what what would be the song <laughs> that Bill would have picked. But at that point, I'm still wondering like, ooh, what's what's Murray Bartlett's deal? Like, is he just trying to con Bill? Is he trying to you know? He he ends up in this house somehow. This fucking guy's got food. Like he was starving. He, you know, he's trying to find a new ref, refugee. Is he gonna rob him? Because again, in the game, his, his partner Frank takes off with the battery and abandons him. I'm like, is this all some sort of con? Yeah. And and then he plays a song by I forget the song, but it's, it's by Linda Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt. I don't know the song either. Uh, and he's kind of butchering it. Yeah. And then you you can see. I, I just thought it was like a really strong acting performance in that moment by Nick Offerman because you could see like him get like physically upset. Yeah, by, like by you're doing being, it wrong, motherfucker. You're doing it wrong. Let me do it. Like, he doesn't do it quite aggr- as aggressively as I'm explaining it, but he's like he, he's like stop. He's like he's like not 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 that song. <laughs> not, not that song. Stop. And then not he, like this. <laughs> yeah. And then Nick Offerman plays a very tender and beautiful cover. Linda Ronstant song. I'm like, holy shit! I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Unlike Bill, he also he also didn't see. Oh no, that coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I don't know. I, I like I like the the Linda Ronstant song because it also came back uh, later in the episode. Which, God, I, I, these are too easy. I came back. I'm just gonna pass on that one. But you know what? You know what? I have to. I have to just. Uh, recall a great Parks and Rec outtake because if you've never seen this, please, please just just go check this out for yourself. But there's an outtake with Chris Pratt where, uh, like Amy Poehler, a Poehler is up at the podium and, and she's like, she's like, yeah, this is like one of the great comeback stories of all time, like Sea Biscuit, and and then Chris Pratt goes and Kim Kardashian, and Amy Poehler's like, no, I don't, I don't really think that's a comeback story. Chris Pratt's like. No, no, I'm pretty sure she had come on her back in the video. <laughs> like, Apparently, that line was ad uh, Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, completely, completely ad-libbed. Everyone was just dying. So, anyhow, uh, w- was there anything else in the episode that you thought was, like, a really strong moment or made it work? Um, strong moment, he, you know, the, uh, or, or toward, what, what was the best scene in the whole episode for you? Uh, towards, the, towards the end, you know, towards the end, you know, they get into... Bill and Frank's uh, home. This is Ellie and uh, and Joel, and they're looking for Bill so they can borrow his car or whatever to get to wherever they're going, Colorado, I suppose. And they can't find him, but Ellie finds the letter addressed to says to whoever reads this, but most likely Joel. And then mm-hmm. Ellie proceeds to read it out loud. You know, Joel finishes reading it, and then the whole thing about like, you know, we're in the bedroom. Don't go in there. We open the window so that, you know, the, the smell doesn't bother anybody. And then, like, the, one of the final uh, moments is you pan off from the perspective of being in the bedroom mm-hmm. with the window wide open and then the wind kind of, you know, coming in. And so you, you know you're in the bedroom that Bill and Frank, you know, took their lives, essentially. Um, like, that was, like, a pretty strong scene or finality to that moment um that i i, I liked I, I was really torn on that 
let's move, move into to nitpicks or, or what could have been better in a second. I, I think the thing that made this episode work was that they drew a very clear parallel between Joel and Bill, right? They, they were kind of equivalents in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because and this was something I also didn't pick up in the game or, or in the show. It was hinted that Tess and Joel w- were more of a couple than, than I really thought. Mm-hmm. I, in the game, I kind of just thought they were partners. Yeah. And there was one line, though, earlier in the show where she, she I, I, don't, I don't remember if it was after she was bitten, but she said something effective. She's like, I never asked you to feel the way that I did or something like that. And in light of this episode, what I think that means was she she loved Joel and he just didn't really love her back. He was still just so, so closed off and emotionally yeah. dead. Them as a couple never really worked. And you kind of see that same dynamic with Bill and Frank, right? Where Bill's just worried about surviving and getting the from one day to the next. He's worried about his electrified fence and his, his traps and all that sort of stuff. And Frank... There's like one moment where Frank is like wants to like deck you know clean up their street. Yeah, he uh, wants to re redo like two or three of the businesses there. He wants to like yeah, yeah he wants a, he wants a boutique shop. He wants to paint things and make it look more, you know, he doesn't want it to look shabby. He wants it to look more taken care of. And yeah, Bill's like, why the fuck would you do this? Yeah, like this, this no, has no practical purpose. Yeah. And you know, and Frank's Frank's trying to live his life, man. He's trying to trying to make a home. In the apocalypse. Yeah. And you kind of see that with Tess, right? Like, the the reason why Joel and Tess and Bill and Frank connect is because Frank and Tess find each other over the shortwave and they're talking. And and you kind of even see those two go off. Yeah. And then <laughs> just the staring contest between Bill and Frank, who just... Bill and Joel. Sorry, yes. Bill, Bill and Joel, uh, who just don't like each other, which makes perfect sense. It's that whole, like... Um, you know, like like uh, when you've got two same charge magnets, they're just gonna yeah. repel. Kind of kind of like that deal because they're too similar. And you had that dynamic in the game as well, but it was like Frank was what Joel could become, just alone, people abandoning him, just just worrying about survival, nothing else. Whereas the show kind of deviated, and it's like, look, look, Joel, there's more to live for. Yeah. So I I thought that parallel. Really made it work. And I wish we had gotten more scenes with particularly uh, Joel and Bill together. Because that, that was a kind of a fun dynamic. Yeah. I thought. I was I was so um, immersed in the show that when they had that scene where the four of them are having, would you say it was like lunch or maybe yeah. dinner, early dinner? I think it was brunch. Cause it, well, because it was the day it was out. Well, anyway. Yeah, but I, I've, I heard that Bill really loves breakfast. <laughs> yeah. So they're out there and they're they're having this meal, this mm-hmm. nice meal outside outdoors, you know, which they're so used to just living, surviving that they don't they can't really they're not used especially Joel and Tess not having nice things. Frank and Frank and Bill have already kind of gotten a little bit accustomed to having this compound, the street where they have everything around them, everything they need is there, they grow their own food, everything. So Tess and Joel come into the scenario and they have this dinner and they're like, wow, this is quite a, this is like an escape from this survive and survive only kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And again, I was so immersed in that, in that scene that I was like, even I was like, ah, like fucking like, damn, we could enjoy something nice again. You know, it felt really good to see them relaxed and, and ha- having like a social, you know, otherwise social 
nice, good time. So, okay, let's let's transition. To me, one of the probably best, and then one one of the best parts of the episode, and also one of the things I would change were one and the same, which sounds weird. Bill and Frank basically Romeo and Juliet themselves. Yeah. Right? Like they death by poison. You know, uh at the very end of, of their run, uh it seems like Frank has some sort of like muscular disease. I, I thought it was cancer or something. He he's, it's something where he's he's wheelchair bound. Yeah, and it, it seems like he can't like his his hands don't really work as well. I, I thought it was maybe like Lou Gehrig's disease or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. Something, right? And he just wants to die. And I, that whole that that line about you know, where he's like, he's like, Bill, do, do you love me? He's like, yeah, I love you, Bill. And he's like, <laughs> but he's like, then love me the way I, I want, want you to, to love, love me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a good line. Yeah. Because that, and that's, that's true. And that's, I think, a hard thing for people to do. But then a little bit off character. It was almost like a, emotional growth for Bill to be like, ah, I'm, I don't even care about just surviving. Like, I'm yeah. going to take my own life too. That was a great closure to that story yeah but i think it made joel and ellie's story worse i think it would have been better for joel and ellie's story and the show as a whole if bill did not kill himself and he was he was there to deliver that message to joel in person i think that would have been a lot more powerful i don't know i like the way they they pulled it off. Again, we, we have a little I mean Bill Bill also liked the way they pulled it off. That's that's why he let Frank stick around for twenty what did, years. Uh, what did Bill say? He said, you know, making sure Frank survived was his purpose. Like yeah. he didn't know what his purpose in life was until yep. he met Frank. And then seeing that Frank lived a comfortable life to, you know, adulthood or, or, or seniorhood, that was his purpose. And once he fulfilled his purpose, he was like I don't need to survive anymore. I, I did. I did what I was supposed to do on this earth, and you know, Frank. Frank suggested, "Hey, you know, I want to have a bottle of wine, a glass of wine, and I want you to take this baggie of fucking all these pills, crush them up, put them into my glass of wine, so I could chug it and then just, you know, die in my sleep." And Bill's just like sneakily puts enough in the bottle that he pours, so that way they're, mm-hmm. when they're both drinking it. And they both succumb to the poisons of all these medicines. Oh, I thought it was pretty good. I thought so, it was- so, so first of all, that, where did they? <laughs> that, that was just an absurd amount of pills. Yeah, yeah. Well, they got them from they got them from Joel. Jo- Joel's their their resource yeah. for all the pills and medicine, the stuff that they the stuff that Frank and Bill can't don't already have in their little compound. They've been using Joel to smuggle other random shit that they could use. I mean. That was several guns worth of pills, and they, he just went to town on them. Yeah, he's like, he's like Joel. I would like the uh, crackhead deluxe package, please, because we we have a suicide pact. <laughs> By the way, that bottle of of French wine that they have when they first meet, uh-huh. that they eventually have at the end again, it's kind of like a haha callback. That bottle is actually a pretty cheap bottle. It's like a fifteen to twenty dollar bottle. I've had that. I've had that okay. wine a number of times. Um, but, but yeah, my, my 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 point was. I agree with you. I think that makes Bill and Frank's story a lot better. There, it's a nice closure. There's sort of finality. It, it shows, in a weird way, the fact that he killed himself shows emotional growth yeah. on Bill's side because before all he was worried about was surviving and himself, exactly. And and yeah, now he, he's learned to live for another person. Yeah. And when that other person's gone, he doesn't have to live anymore. But I do think it makes Joel and Ellie's story 
worse. Worser? Worser. Because I also, I don't know if you recall, like, Joel, not Joel, uh, Bill and and Ellie interacting in the game were some of the funniest fucking moments in the whole game. Yeah. Like, they were just oil and water, just cranky old man and yeah, firecracker like, kid just antagonizing him. Who is this? Why did you let her here? Blah, 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 blah. Like, he was pissed at Joel for bringing yeah. this little girl around. Bill being like next level cranky and just hating the world would make even more sense in the context of this whole backstory. And like I said, I, I think, I think that cause there's, there's that part in the note that you referenced where he's talking about how, uh, you have to find a new purpose. And Frank was his purpose. If he could have delivered that, if Nick Offerman could have delivered that message to Joel, I think that would have just hit different than having Ellie basically be a narrator and read it in a note. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. However, you know, Bill's note was like, you know, find purpose in your life, take care of Tess. Yeah. And I think, you know, obviously Tess did uh, death by death by zombie suicide thing in the previous episode. I think the fact that Bill's not there to to relay that message mm-hmm. and then Joel still having to read it it's it provides even like like i would say like it's, it's more more desperate like like less hopeful like okay he's telling me to survive and live for Tess and take care of her but she's dead bill's dead frank's dead it's like this this just brings down the like hopelessness you know down to a point where it's like okay it really is a matter of survival out here you know but i could see it both ways i could see how if Bill was there delivering that message. Um, I, I I just wanted I wanted the Bill and Ellie interactions, and I wanted yeah. I wanted Nick Offerman to it, it, narration is rarely as good as having an actual character say it. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know. You know the the creators of the show have been pretty masterful thus far. I'm sure they thought about having him not die, and they had a lot of good reasons to make this choice. Here's the one thing they did not have good reason for. This is my biggest nitpick of the show. What the fuck was Bill's plan for the Raiders? That was the dumbest shit ever. Like, he has all these elaborate traps, and he gets a heads up that he's probably going to get attacked, and his plan is like, I know, I'm going to run out in the middle of the street. Not behind cover or anything. And just, (laughs) just, like, start shooting blindly into the night. What could go wrong? Flamethrowers and shit, like fireballs are blowing up where the raiders are coming in. Yeah, and then after all that, he's like, oh, the traps will take care of him. Don't even worry about it. It's like, what Yeah. What the fuck? And it's like, end scene. And fast forward a few years later, like... Uh, well, <laughs> and they, they, well, they tried to do a couple... That's one of a couple fake outs that, that they did. They, they like doing these little, yeah. these little misdirects. But yeah, they're like... like Guys, guess what? We killed Bill. Ha, you didn't see that coming. And they're like, ha, just just kidding. No, we didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, the other the other small one in this episode was uh, when when they're walking by the mass grave. You know, Joel tells Ellie that you got to stop. There's something in it I don't want you to see. And she does her Ellie thing. She just keeps going. She's like, no, it's not here. So you kind of relax. And then they're, the, the show's like, ha, just kidding. Mass grave. Yeah. Of, of uh, women and children and mothers and fathers. Babies. Hey, yeah. just remember, apocalypse is super fucked up. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah, but if, they, if you really want to do the apocalypse right, it can't be y'all peaches and creams, and rainbows and butterflies. It's like fucked up shit happens. You know what I mean? So, so, so all that said, 
I actually think that was a really nice balance because in most of these shows, a la The Walking Dead, 28 Days Later, what have you, it's it's just all 120% gloom and doom, shit's horrible, life is just about survival. And in this episode, we got two, two uh, bears feeding each other strawberries. <laughs> like... This was a, actually a relatively very soft and tender episode. So, so I'm I, I'm I'm all about equality and gender and, and gay, all that shit. Like, um, do do you do you whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. There's only been one other scene that um, where it's otherwise not heterosexual mm-hmm. that I say is as powerful as what Bill and Frank or Nick Offerman and what was his other guy's name is uh, something. Yeah, I forgot it already. Um, that's okay Murray Murray and, and Nick pulled off the only other scene that would have otherwise kind of got some people to cringe was um, Sons of Anarchy what's the actor's name he's a very re- renowned actor oh, let me find it right here on IMDB there's a character named uh, Tig played by Kim Coates who's this scruff tough biker guy mm-hmm and he ends up falling in love with a transsexual, formerly dude, now a woman, played by. God, I can't find it. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> I can't find. There's like in, in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, Walton Goggins. There it is. Walton Goggins. He plays a he plays a transsexual named Venus Van Dam, who uh, he is a dude, but transitioned into a woman, and he's got like these big old tits and. And Tig is just like in love with the tits, but there's there towards the end of the relationship with the two of them, there's a very tender, like soft, professing the love to each other scene that I was like, holy fuck, this is some fucking next level acting shit because they both pull it off beautifully. You felt for them and everything. The only other, again, non hetero scene of love being uh, displayed was was that one, Sons of Anarchy, and this one. So it's it's right up there. It's like very powerful uh, scene. And I also think they went just the right amount of actual like de- depiction of yeah. like sex, a- sex acts between them. There's little smoochies and well, because yeah, there was it, when when they initially hook up and Frank explains he's not a whore. I was like, well, <laughs> Frank, a little bit, a little, you just, you just a little bit, him, buddy. You just yeah. met him, bro. And you're going yeah, down yeah, him. Yeah, you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to justify this. Yeah, but there is one moment where I'm like. Fuck, like, Last of Us is a pretty graphic show. Like, how far are they going to go with this? And, <laughs> and it was just the right amount. Yeah. And Nick Offerman <laughs> looked so appropriately uncomfortable. You're like, dang, this this does look like the first time he's had sex. This yeah. is believable. Holy crap. Um, but the whole point, though, separate from that, I just think it was just nice to remember that even in the midst of the apocalypse, like... There's like people and relationships, yeah. and it's not just all gloom and doom. And in a lot of ways, this episode actually kind of made me think of a a a um, another show we reviewed called uh, Station Eleven. There were some similarities, right? Where you're you're getting kind of the human element, not just the survival element. Yeah, nice to see that. All that said, kind of a strange it, episode. It was a, it was it was supposed to be a little bit of a bummer episode but at the same time it, it also has this little hopeful element to it, you know. Yeah, and and I think I think really at the end of the day it was more hopeful than a bummer. Yeah. And definitely more intriguing than them just running away from zombies trying to get a car battery. Yeah. 
because we had enough of that. And I, I think just also pacing wise, it was really important that they slow things down a little bit because next episode will be a banger. The one that comes out tonight. A, a yeah, that will. I guess I guess the episode it'll already be out by the time this podcast is posted. Sure, but it will it will be a banger, not in the Bill and Frank sort of banger way. <laughs> it will be a banger in in action. Ellie gets her gun and pops off kind of way. Nice. Uh, was there other stuff you wanted to talk about? So far, Last of Us is up there. Eric said it best. Last the only other show that's been decent enough this last couple this last year was probably Andor. So um, so far so good. I, I really enjoy it. I re- you know what sucks though is I do wish there was more of Bill. Like selfishly, I wish there was. I wish we could see more of Bill because Nick just does, does such a good job mm-hmm. in it that I would have. I, I wouldn't have minded seeing him for another episode or may, or maybe maybe plot twist again. Aaron, you um you reference how like they like to do a lot of psychouts. Maybe that's it. Maybe Bill didn't commit suicide. Maybe he didn't. Uh, poison the bottle. We the assumption is he put enough poison in the bottle to kill both of them, right? But what if he didn't po- poison the bottle, but he just poisoned the the glass that what's his name was drinking that Frank was drinking, and he just drinks the wine, puts him in bed. I mean, you don't know. Maybe he maybe he survives. Maybe he's alive. Sure, <laughs> whatever helps you sleep at night, Mondo. <laughs> I'm just saying. I really like Nick Offerman. I thought he was going to be a more prominent or indoor like lasting recurring character. But uh, I mean, one and done, good enough. He did a fantastic job. Well, most of the characters are though. It's it's going to be one or two episodes tops because this yeah. is, as we said last episode, this is a travel story. They're they're moving from point A to point B, and it's really just the two of them. Yeah, I I, I am looking forward to watching uh, episode. What is this for? Four? Tonight, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else going on? No, sorry, Bob. Um, not nothing, nothing notable in in Armando's life except for my dog sheds a fucking lot, and even after brushing her, I still find shit—not shit, but fur everywhere. Fucking dog drives me nuts. She chewed through my goddamn phone charger, and I had to go buy some more at Five Below yesterday. Little bitch. Anyway, she uh, she's due on her her cycle is is due any day now, any fucking day now. I'm waiting for it so I can. Go through it. I bought her diapers so she could fucking not bleed everywhere. And then, um, you know, once she's done with the cycle, get her fixed so she can hang out with, with Finn more. And, not, and I won't have the worry of, <laughs> I don't want to be a grandpa. No thanks. But yeah, anyway. I, don't, I don't think that's te- like physically possible anymore. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. Finn, at the ripe old age of seven, finally got neutered. Got his little little snippy snip. Um, but no, you know, nothing else new, nothing going. Well, so that's it. Um, thank you guys for listening to this episode. If you're downloading it, thank you for watching it. If you're doing it on the Twitches or the YouTubes, we hope you guys uh, enjoyed the episode. We'll talk to you guys next week. Watch Last of Us. You'll like it. You won't be disappointed. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.